0: your yeah. yeah. heard of burns, um, those are, are uh, 24 hours of prayer and worship, or Awake in the Dawn, where there's uh, tents and, and just houses of prayer and all that across the nation being raised up to do night and day prayer. And Matthew has been, um, uh, he isn't always the uh, the person up in the front, you know, uh Uh, casting the vision, but he, you know, with every visionary like me, I'm helpless without someone like Becca behind me actually, like, doing a lot of the work and grunt work, and also still casting vision, and that's what Matthew has done. He's been a faithful uh, shepherd, steward, friend, networker of people uh, across the nation who have desired to raise up day and night prayer for the Lord, and uh, so in essence, he's kind of like a pastor of pastors the pastors of leaders. Uh, who do that, and so we're really honored to have him here with us today. He has has an awesome podcast, one of our favorite podcasts, uh, called Presence Pioneers, and I'll shoot that out to you guys if you haven't already listened to it. Uh, He interviews people from all over the U.S., uh, people you might know or might not know, who raised up night and day prayer, Um, so some of you guys have heard of like Upper Room and stuff like that, Uh, he's interviewed their leaders, Um, and so he has a great pulse on what's going on. Um, with what the Lord's doing with nine-day prayer in our nation. And uh, I say it this way, he interviews these guys, he has all these golden nuggets that he kind of gathers from um, their history and their walk and what they've developed with the Lord in the prayer room and he shares it uh, across the body of Christ. And so uh, if you guys would give me a warm welcome to invite Matthew. He also has a uh, book that he recently published called uh, the Tent- T- 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 David's Tabernacle. David's ta- Tabernacle. Yes, and it's... have three of them left. Yeah, he brought a whole bunch of them here, and we only have three left for you guys, but if you don't get it today, I'll also shoot out the Amazon link. But it's been such a helpful book. I don't know of any other book that has consolidated the idea of night and day and prayer into one cohesive book like he wrote. And uh, so we'll definitely blast that out. Um, what other wonderful things to say about you? You do pretty good. We tried to feed him <laughs> chicken feet the other day. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you ate any of that. I, uh, it's okay. We still have it in the fridge for those of you guys who'd like it. But uh, yeah, he's been adventurous. He's been uh, just a great blessing to. We'll tried <laughs> <laughs> But maybe one day. I don't even. Know. All right. If you guys will stretch out your hand, we're gonna pray for him and bless him. And uh, Jesus, we just ask, uh, even now, God, that you would just give him uh, your thoughts and your words. God, we just ask that he would feel just the shalom of Christ over him as he speaks. And uh, would you even give us hearts to hear? Would you open our spiritual eyes to see, spiritual ears to hear, that anything that has been hindering love in our hearts would be uh, just washed and wiped, and that we would catch a vision of your heart and what, is, uh, what your dreams are and what your desires are here today, that we would walk out of this place more in love with you than we came in, uh, but that we would really just have a desire to honor you and your word today. God, uh, we bless Matthew. We just even, as a representative of the prayer and worship uh, ministry of the United States, God, we just ask a blessing over him and his work. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. It's awesome nice to be here with you. It's a huge honor. Uh, I, I love the legacy of prayer uh, in the Wan family, and uh, the history of, of being faithful to the Lord. It's just just awesome to be here with you guys. I had a, had a couple of uh, quick words with for some of your um, for some of your team. I just wanted to to share. Um, Joseph, I uh, I was praying this morning. I just saw. You uh, acting as a bridge between the marketplace and the church, and, uh, and I specifically, I saw you uh, dreaming up strategies for funding and resourcing for prayer and missions. Amen. And uh, <laughs> and then, probably I mean, like an hour later, then I realized, oh wait, his name is Joseph, and Joseph in the Bible was like, you know, figuring out how to come up, you know, provide all these resources that became a blessing to everybody, but. But I saw you specifically as a bridge that you were going to, you were going to kind of have your, feel like you had your feet in both worlds of like, um, you know, passion about the Lord and prayer in the church, but also um, seeing his kingdom in the marketplace and and that kind of thing as well. So, um, Mama Juan is Anne, right? Yeah. Anne, yeah. I just, the Lord, um, the Lord reminded me of Acts chapter 10 and the, the story of Cornelius. And, um and his his faithfulness, I'm going to just read the verse so I don't misquote it, Uh, but it says about the ninth hour of the day, he he saw clearly a vision and the angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before the Lord. And so I just felt like that, that's what God was also speaking uh, over you, that your prayers and your sacrifices, your alms. Things you give in your life to come up to the Lord as a memorial before Him, and He sees that. And just wanted to honor you and and your faithfulness and your leadership. And and right after this, Cornelius goes and he he talks to Peter and helps Peter. Um, sort of the next, I saw that as like the next generation um, that that Cornelius is is helping uh, enter into what Peter is called to. And I saw you just, um, Lord sees your faithfulness and He encourages you. But then also I see you just helping launch the next generation to, to their, into their calling uh, in, in prayer and in the kingdom of God. So bless you. Don't you guys, aren't you guys so thankful? Yeah. yeah. For, for her leadership and her faithfulness. What, what did you say, Priscilla? There was, how, how many years were they doing prayer in Columbus? Uh, Decades?
0: Yeah, like maybe like 40, 40 years or yeah, so. 30, 40 years of prayer started. in
1: Columbus. That's incredible. It's amazing. Uh, the legacy that you guys are getting to uh, walk in here in, in your local community and um, so and, and Becca I have one had have one for you too I just I just felt like your prayers and your songs carry weight mm. <laughs> and so um, you yeah, know I feel like it's like it's like a battering ram in the spirit it's like really powerful um, and, I, and I felt led to pray uh, for you out of one of the things that Jesus prays in John 17 that he prayed over his disciples where he prayed that um I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but you should keep them from the evil one. And I felt like uh, the Lord wanted to keep you and protect you, and like you were precious to Him. He was wanting to just like guard you as as someone who's special and precious to Him. And um, and maybe even you felt some of the swirl of warfare around your life, but um, the Lord's going to keep you. He's going to He's going to protect you. And I felt like. you know, the Psalm 22, 3, where it says, he makes a table in the presence of my enemies, that there's going to be swirl of warfare around you, but the Lord is going to provide a table for you, a place of refuge, and that the joy of the Lord would be your strength uh, in the midst of all that. So, just wanted to encourage you guys with those words. Take those, pray about them, of course, and discern if you feel like those are the Lord or not. Um, God, thank you for what you're doing in this community, Lord, and thank you for what you're doing this morning, Holy Spirit. I pray that... Uh, Anything I share would would bring strength and encouragement uh, to this community. Lord, that you would fan the flames of hunger for your presence and for you, Jesus, to know you and to love you and to pursue you and uh, that you would strengthen this community and that you would come, Holy Spirit, and open the eyes of our hearts to see what you're doing. Help us to hear from you this morning. Uh, Speak to us about your heart and about your desire for us speak in specific ways to each person this morning as I share in Jesus name. Amen. amen. Uh, well, it's, it's great to be here with you guys from North Carolina. I've, uh, like Priscilla said, I've spent the last uh, 15 years or 14, 15 years or so as a, as a prayer missionary, uh, basically just giving my life to the ministry of worship and prayer uh, full time. And so uh, in North Carolina, we've helped launch a couple of houses of prayer there and have been connected to these broader movements like Burn 24-7 and Awaken the Dawn, where we've helped create networks of prayer, worship, revival ministries, kind of all specifically here in the United States. And, um, and so I just wanted to share a little bit of kind of my story, kind of some things that I'm seeing across the United States. Uh, and then even the world, and then bring in some scripture and kind of connect what's, what God's doing to the story, because this is our story. And uh, and honestly, I have some good news and I have some bad news. <laughs> so I'm going to try to do the classic sandwich thing where you share some good news, and then some bad news, and then some good news again. Uh, it's going to help give context, but, but uh, the bad news, I think, it, it gives a sense of urgency. Um, but the good news does too. Um, so I was going to ask, you want the good news first or the bad news first? But I'm not going to give you a choice. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to just give you the sandwich, this morning. But um, we were uh, down in North Carolina, leading a house of prayer um, down there, and uh, had a encounter with the Lord. I shared some of this yesterday. We had an awesome meeting with some leaders of prayer ministries across Ohio. They were gathered together. I just had an amazing time, and that's why most of my books are gone. Um, But I was sharing this with them, that I had this encounter with the Lord uh, where he spoke to me about the presence pioneers. He said, these are the ones that have a heart like David that are pioneering places of my presence in their cities and in their communities. And they're hosting my presence through worship and prayer. And God specifically was calling me to minister to the presence pioneers. And uh, people like the leadership team of this church is is our you guys are presence pioneers, pioneering a place for God to rest. I mean, this morning I I, I you know came, came woke up this morning and there's a guy in the room here with his guitar just singing this morning. And then the prayer rooms going this morning is like this is beautiful. It's just a place where the Lord is just worship. Posted and there was 24 hours I know of, of prayers and singing this past weekend. And um, you guys, what you guys are doing is is amazing. But the Lord spoke to me about serving these presence pioneers. So that's the name of my ministry, and uh, the name of the podcast that I that I lead. And uh, specifically, when He spoke to me about the presence pioneers, He said it was important to connect them together in unity, across different ministries, across different churches and different movements, so that these people who are pioneering and, and, and leading in the place of prayer and trying to, you know, break new ground for the kingdom of God, that they're not isolated, that they're connected together in unity. And that led to, for me, a relationship with a guy named David Bradshaw, who is the founder of the Awaken the Dawn movement. And uh, that's how Priscilla and I are connected, is through Awaken the Dawn. And so now we have a nationwide leadership network through Awaken the Dawn of Leaders like Priscilla and others who are hosting prayer and worship day and night, different expressions in their cities, and so we. Priscilla's our Ohio rep. I, I assume you guys know all this already, but she's the Ohio rep for Awaken the Dawns, and, and she's doing an amazing job. I just want to honor Priscilla for her leadership. I'm not, I mean, she's a great leader here. I, I know in this community, but she's also leading uh, other leaders across the state in Ohio and encouraging them, and they're having Zoom calls together and uh and amazing stuff to help encourage the prayer movement uh in this state and so uh that's what we're doing with the wake of the dawn um the whole movement started in 2017. uh so i don't know if you guys heard about this but in 2017 there was a gathering on the national mall with 50 tents uh one for each state and over a thousand worship teams came to the national mall in washington dc for three days and hosted day and non-stop worship. Each tent, all 50 tents for each state were filled constantly. With non-stop worship, worship leaders from their states came and filled their state tents. And there was simultaneous worship all along the, I don't know how long it is, the National Mall in D.C. But there, it was this amazing uh, weekend of three days, non-stop worship and prayer. 20,000 something people were there. God did amazing things. We have so many testimonies from that weekend. Uh, where there were top government officials that were coming to Christ that weekend in the middle of this. Uh, the police department was coming to Awaken the all, saying, uh, we don't understand what's going on, but the crime is uh, dropping this weekend, and we think it has something to do with you guys and these tents that are set up. We don't totally understand it, but the crime rate began to drop. Uh, while while these tents were set up, there were there was a lady Christian lady selling ice cream out uh, of an ice cream truck along the national mall. She led like dozens of people to the Lord while she was selling them ice cream uh, during this weekend. There was a there was a young girl that uh, you know there was somebody on stage praying, ministering. At, at we had kind of like a larger stage where we did some corporate gatherings too. And uh, and she's just worshiping and they're they're praying over people sort of from the stage. And she's like this with her eyes closed, and she feels a hand on her back. And she turns around and look, and there's no there's no one there. And she felt this hand on her hand on her back. And they're praying uh, for God to heal people's you know hearts who have been who um, have you know cut themselves and, and had struggled with self harm and that kind of thing. And this girl had been struggling with that. She felt this hand on her back as she turned around, and there was nobody there. And then when she went to the bathroom, she realized all of her scars had disappeared off of her body from self harm um, so just amazing stories like that of things that God has done and one of the coolest things God did out of that gathering was he connected people together all over the United States and that's how this leadership network actually was birthed it was out of that original gathering and all these like-hearted people connected together they said oh wow we want revival and we want to just worship and pray for hours and hours too and you do too and you're, you don't think I'm crazy <laughs> let's do this together let's be friends And God created this amazing family, this network all over the U.S., and we just call it the ATD Leadership Network. And so since that time, we've continued to host tent gatherings. Uh, There's been, I think, 500 plus tents set up all over America. So it's gone from D.C. It's just kind of gone grassroots all over the nation. We call it Tent America. And so right now, this year, we're in the middle of 100 days of tents that are being set up right now. And so there's like 80-something, I think, so far. Uh, it's, it started in June, and it's going uh, until September to the, to the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. And, uh, and so we're seeing God do amazing things all over the U.S. I just saw a message this weekend since I've been here. They're setting up a tent in West Virginia. And the guy's like, there's people wandering up to us like while we're setting up the tent, asking us what we're doing, and we're getting to like pray for people and share the gospel with people before we even get the tent set up. And uh, there, there's a tent going right now on a native reservation up in Minnesota uh, where, they're, where, they're sh- where they're sharing the love of Jesus with people there. Um, we've seen people get saved at the tents this year already. Healings. One of our tent hosts got healed of cancer this summer, um, which is incredible. Um, they have a video. Uh, it's, it's a pretty amazing video uh, they took at the doctor's office with the doctor sitting here talking, basically saying, I don't understand what happened, uh, but your cancer is gone. And so God's moving powerfully uh, through, through these uh, through these tent gatherings, through, through the movement. I was going to play a little video with God. Look, if we've got it. Do we have that? Which one? Ten America? Um, yeah, Ten America. It should just yeah. be like a minute and a half, but this is just a cool cool video for you guys, just kind of give you a glimpse of the heart of what we're doing
2: mm-hmm.
1: with, uh, yeah. with Ten America this year.
2: Imagine if tens of thousands of Jesus followers filled our campuses and city streets with 24-7 worship, prayer, healing, and gospel proclamation as one voice across the nation. What if we gathered not around celebrity personalities, but around the presence of the real Jesus? What if Jesus became the most celebrated person in our nation? In 2017, we gathered on the National Mall with over 1,700 worship and prayer groups and 50,000 people in 58 tents, all filled 24-7 with worship and gospel proclamation. That birthed a movement that has hosted over 500 tent gatherings in all 50 states during the last four years. Today, it is time for acceleration. After the crisis of 2020, we are calling Jesus followers outside their normal, comfortable environments to bring the presence of God into the middle of our cities and campuses. The Jesus movement is not canceled, and we believe it's time to go big and bold. 100 days of 24-hour public gatherings of worship, prayer, and gospel proclamation. Join us for Tent America 2021 host a tent gathering in your city or on your campus, small or large. It's time to awaken this generation to the reality of Jesus and to flood America right now with his presence because Jesus changes everything.
1: There you go. Awesome, huh? So, that's a little glimpse, a little taste of of what's going on with the wake in the dawn uh, right now it's happening uh, actually I think there's been a couple of tents in Columbus or Ohio already. Um, you guys can do some more if you want until September. Uh, we also want to see one on, on the campus. Um, you know we, we we would love to see when the campuses uh, begin to open up to see some tents of worship on campus. A lot of times it's just like simple little pop up tent, people with acoustic guitars, uh, just worshiping the Lord and. God shows up, starts touching people. People start encountering Jesus in an amazing ways. So that's kind of what's happening with uh, with Awaken the Dawn. I'm gonna just just share. If it's, I know this might be a little bit strange for a sermon, but I'm gonna just share like some kind of stats, updates, <laughs> things that are happening in the body of Christ, and then I want to connect that to some to some scripture. Uh, if that's all right, I was uh, had an amazing honor on my podcast of just uh, like the last week. Uh, interviewing a guy named Dick Eastman. I don't know if you guys know who Dick Eastman is, but he is uh, just a legend in the missions movement. Uh, he has a ministry called Every Home for Christ where they've seen literally hundreds of millions of people come to Jesus Christ through just door-to-door evangelism systematically. all over. They've, they've done evangelistic campaigns in every single uh, nation, literally, uh, in the world. Um, and so, he's also passionate about prayer and I was so encouraged because he said they were, when, when the COVID crisis began last year, they were like, not, they were wondering, how are we going to do missions? You know, how is the gospel going to continue to go forward uh, in the midst of all this crisis? They were even wondering, like, do we need to, is our, is our entire movement and ministry going to shut down? And I was so encouraged because he said uh, last year they saw more advancement of the gospel than ever before. And he said in the midst of the crisis, they were able to, you know, provide medical supplies and things like this. And the gospel was going out in the midst of everything else. And because of the crisis, people were desperate and people were hungry and people were going, Wow, we, you know, th- their their hearts were open in ways they had never seen before. And I was so encouraged that it seems like, um, I was so encouraged, it seemed like the, that, what you, what you wouldn't expect is that the gospel is increasing in the midst of a global pandemic, but that's what's actually happening uh, from a pretty reliable source. Um, Christianity, according to a couple many stats, is growing faster than, than the population across the world. Um, we don't necessarily feel it in America as much because most of that's happening in Africa and Asia, <laughs> but the church is growing in profound ways. Um, the, the fastest growing church is actually in Iran, it's the underground church in Iran, if you guys didn't know that, it's uh, mostly house churches, they can't have any organizations or nonprofits or church buildings or paid staff or anything like that, they can't have any social media pages or advertisement or marketing or anything because it's illegal, but the church is growing the fastest anywhere in the world right now in the nation of Iran. A lot of the leadership are teenagers or young adults. Many of the leaders are women. And uh, it's, it's spreading. And Amen. This, amen. And the Iranian people have, are, have gone into uh, places like Afghanistan and shared the gospel. And now Afghanistan, actually, which has obviously been in the news over the last week or so, has the second fastest growing church right now. Uh, in the world, uh, the, the Christianity is growing faster in Afghanistan and Iran than anywhere else in the world right now. We need to be praying for our friends in Afghanistan, our, our brothers and sisters who are there, uh, who are who are obviously uh, su- suffering right now. Um, but the church is moving forward; the gospel is moving forward uh, in pow- in powerful ways. Um, and uh, and so I- I'm I'm encouraged because. You know jesus jesus promised this right of the increase of his government and peace there would be no end so i I come with some good news (laughs) the kingdom of god is moving forward like jesus promised it would and the good news is going to the ends of the earth i do have to say that i at the same time i carry great hope and i'm seeing amazing things i'm also uh there's a sense of grief for america and the united states and some of what's happening in our own nation. Um, some of you may have seen when the stat came out that uh, now less than half of the United States population is involved in church, which is the first time in, in the history of the United States it's been the case. Less than half the population is Protestant. Less than half the population says they're going to church. This is the this is the bad news in the middle of the sandwich here. But but we need to be honest about what's going on here and. Uh, and I, I hope that this stirs our hearts. I believe that, that America needs revival. I, need, I think we need awakening. I think we need to pray. We need ministries like Faith, Hope, and Love. You guys who are praying, uh, you guys, if you don't come to the prayer meetings, I encourage you, try to come to some of the prayer meetings that are happening here. Come early on Sundays. Come in the, the weekdays, the prayer, the prayer gatherings that are happening here. Uh, that is how, these, that's how things are going to shift uh, in, in, in our nation. Uh, this is. These are just some crazy stats that I've sort of been gathering for some other things, but I, I wanted to share them with you. Only 20% of Christians in America have actually read the entire Bible. <laughs> Only 20% have actually read the Bible. Uh, over 50% haven't even read half the Bible. Um, Christians, Christians, yes, not Americans, Christians, people who profess Christ haven't even read the Bible. Uh, 13% of those who profess to follow Jesus, this stunned me, 13%, uh, only 13% of professing Christians said they have prayed out loud in the last three months. What? <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is Barna. Uh, I have all the links. Barna Research. Thir- only 13% of Christians have prayed out loud in the last three months. Only 2% said they had prayed out loud in a group with other Christians in the last three months. Only 2% of those who profess to be Christians, and now less than half the population are actually Christians. 83% of churchgoers in America do not know what the Great Commission is when they were polled. 83% don't know what the Great Commission is, which is to go into all the world and make disciples of the nations. (laughs) If you don't know, because the odds are that some of you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's what the stats say. Um, 47% of Christian millennials, Christian millennials say that it's actually wrong to evangelize and to share their faith with others because they shouldn't push, they shouldn't push their faith on other people. So almost half of millennials think it's actually wrong, inappropriate to try to evangelize and share their faith with others. Isn't that crazy? Um Christians uh, Christians only in America only give 2.5% of their income to the church. So most people think of 10% as a baseline. Uh, but Christians in America, Christians, those who profess to follow Jesus' church, of course, only give 2.5% of their income. So, you know, you look at those stats and you go, oh my goodness, we need revival. We need awakening in America. You know, and you look at a place like Iran, Iran, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but uh, and they have access, they don't have podcasts to listen to, they don't have buildings to gather in, they, they can't have a church budget. And yet, in the midst of the pressure and in the midst of the tribulation and the trials and the potential death, the church is growing and they're praying and they're making disciples in an amazing way. And so, um, what, uh, what stirs my heart about that is that we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray out for revival. We need awakening. And uh, and so I wanna I, I wanna first of all commend you because you guys are a praying church, and I know that you are, and that's amazing. And I believe that groups like this are holding the line in in the in terms of what God's wanting to do in the earth, and you guys are right on the tip of the spear in terms of advancing the kingdom of God in the earth. I wanna I wanna urge you to continue to press in, in fasting and prayer and revival and um, I know there's, um, a guy that was here earlier said there's some people out downtown on the streets this morning that are, that are doing ministry and sharing the gospel. I would encourage you to continue to do stuff like that. Actually, I told him we would pray for him. I forget his name. Timothy. Timothy, thank you. So can we just take two seconds and, t- and pray for Timothy? He said they're out downtown Columbus just, just praying with people and sharing the gospel right now this morning. So, Lord, we just pray for them. And ask, God, right now that you would touch lives in downtown Columbus, God, that you would pour out your spirit there and encounter people uh, with your presence, with your love, and with your power. We ask that that you would stretch out your hand and release your power, that the gifts of the spirit flow, that the gift of prophecy flow. Let your people uh, who are there, God, be bold in sharing the gospel and speaking your word. Uh, in prophesying and declaring who you are. We ask that people would get saved this morning in downtown Columbus, that they would get healed, that they would uh, come to you, that their hearts would be open to receive your word and to put their trust and their faith in you, God. Pour out your spirit downtown with that group this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, you guys depressed yet? (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. No, it should grieve us. It should bring us uh, uh, Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but I think it's helpful. Actually, I think it helped It kind of provokes us to go, "Oh my goodness!" You know, there, there's a sense of urgency uh, right now. Uh, but I have some good news from the Word of God. How about that? So I want to I want to take all of this in context of uh, of some a few scriptures. I just want to go through briefly. I want to start with uh, Matthew twenty four fourteen. Not, it's not surprising to me that we're seeing both amazing, I have that I have amazing stories of what God's doing, and there's amazing challenges happening at the same time. I think we're going to continue to see that as we near the return of Jesus, that we're going to see challenge, tribulation, pushback from the enemy as the gospel and the kingdom go forward in power in amazing ways. I need to not stand for that. Alright. Uh, Matthew 24, 14. This is Jesus' promise that. The, the gospel is going to go to the ends of the earth before Jesus returns. This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. So Jesus has promised that before he comes again, that the, the gospel is going to go to the ends of the earth. Do you guys know that there's thousands of ethnic group people groups that don't have a witness of the gospel, that don't know Jesus, that haven't heard, there's millions and millions of people on the earth right now who have never even heard of Jesus. And what he's saying here is that's not going to be the case before he returns, that the gospel is going to go to the ends of the earth, and then uh, Jesus is going to return. So we're going to see the gospel go to the nations. We're going to see that word nations is the Greek word ethnos. So it's ethnic groups, it's people groups, it's not uh, political nations. You have political nations, our our lines, it's, it's, it's the, you know, it's connected to languages, you know, groups of people that can relate to each other uh, ethnically and culturally. So every, every ethnic group, people group, we don't totally know how God defines that, those groups, you know. But he's saying in every, pe- every people group, there's going to be a witness of Jesus before, before his return. And, uh, and we can be confident of that. And we need to partner with this promise and participate in that great commission that God has given uh, to us, to his people, to see the gospel go to the ends of the earth. Um, you know, in, in America, we're so, so many times we're, all, we're concerned with ourselves and, and our own uh, callings and our own purposes and our own struggles and our own trials. And I think sometimes we just need to lift our eyes up and realize there's something way bigger going on. Yeah. God has a, a global plan to bring his kingdom to the earth. And he's going to... Cause that kingdom to increase. He's going to cause his word to to be lifted up, the name of Jesus to be lifted up in every people group all over the earth. And he actually invites us, his, his church, to be a part of that great commission of seeing the gospel go to the ends of the earth. And we can't do it all ourselves. You guys can't do it all, but we can participate. We can partner with the Lord in seeing this happen. We can partner with prayer. We can partner with our finances. We can partner with going. There's all different things we can do to partner with the Lord and come into alignment and agreement with God's plan for the nations. Amen? All right. So the gospel is going to go to the ends of the earth. I believe what we're going to see preceding this is going to be a global worship and prayer movement all over the world. I believe worship and prayer is going to be at the tip of the spear, and seeing the gospel go to the ends of the earth. And I believe that we're beginning to see that right now. And I want to give you a couple couple passages related to this. Uh, Isaiah chapter 42, which I think I've referenced all the meetings I've been at so far this weekend. But it's one of my favorite passages. Isaiah 42, starting at verse 10, says this. It says, Sing to the Lord a new song." And his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that's in it, you coastlands and you inhabitants of them. Here's the context: verses one through nine in Isaiah 42 is a prophecy of Jesus. It's his first coming. It's uh, it's the servant who comes, the suffering servant, it's Jesus who comes. And this is verse ten. This is what happens in the earth as a response to Jesus. The earth sings to the Lord a new song. Verse eleven says, "Let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voices; the villages that Kedar inhabits, let the inhabitants of Seila sing. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare His praise in the coastlands." In other words, there's going to be a song across the earth that explodes. Worship is going to fill the earth in response to Jesus, everywhere from the coastlands to the sea. To the deserts, to the villages, to the cities, from the tops of mountains. In other words, this is poetic language. Everywhere, everywhere there's going to be a song that rises in response to who Jesus is. There's going to be a revelation of who he is. And the response is going to be a a cry of worship, a song, praise of, of God all over the earth. God has promised a global worship movement. This is it earth is going to be filled with praises of God and when we worship we actually join in with this promise isn't that cool I, I love finding myself in the Bible like I, it's fun to me when I go I'm, I'm actually doing what this like Isaiah prophesied about that's cool when I, just, when I sing to the Lord like what we did this morning we're, we're, we're participating in fulfilling a prophetic promise that was given by the prophet Isaiah that's pretty cool to me, <laughs> and so sing to the Lord a new song. Uh, this new song is going to erupt all over the world, and we're beginning, I believe, to see the rumblings of this promise in a greater measure in our generation. Uh, as as the as the gospel goes forth, as the kingdom goes forth, as the pra- global prayer and worship movement expands across the earth, and so there's this new song that rises, and uh, and so. If Jesus promised that the gospel is going to go forth, Isaiah is promising that worship is going to go forth. There's this connection between worship and missions. There's this connection between the gospel and between uh, our songs and our prayers. And here's the cool thing. Verse 13. This is God's response to our response. So we respond to Jesus. He's come. We know the good news. He's come to the earth. He's died on the cross. He's resurrected. This is awesome. And we go, wow, that's awesome. Jesus, you're worthy. We sing to you. We worship you. And then God hears our response, and he responds to our response. And this is what it says. The Lord goes out like a mighty man. Like a man of war, he stirs up his zeal. He cries out. He shouts aloud. And he shows himself mighty against his foes. That's cool. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? Jesus, the Lord himself, responds to our worship, and he stirs up his zeal and he begins to manifest his justice and he begins to to rule and reign he begins to come and I believe that this happens on a macro level and a micro level so I think it happens whenever we worship that God begins to manifest his presence and he begins to confront darkness and push back the enemy but I think it happens on a macro level when Jesus himself is going to come to the earth in the flesh and he's going to uh, ultimately deal with all evil Uh, but the point is Uh, The response of the church with our worship causes God to also respond When we sing when we pray when we cry out to the Lord uh, It's not just what happens in us in that moment But something happens beyond us as we sing and as we worship as we pray and as we cry out to the Lord Something's happening in the atmosphere something's happening in the spirit realm that we don't see things are happening in this city, in Columbus, because Faith, Hope, Love exists, because you guys are gathering and sitting in this room, and you're singing, and you're praying every week, things are happening. You may never know what's happening in this city, lives that are being touched, you know, people that are being changed, um, because you guys are sitting in this room, and you're praying, and you're worshiping, and you guys will know some of that, but you may never know uh, what happens, but it's powerful as you as you gather together and worship and pray. So God is uh, raising up a global worship movement. You guys see that in Isaiah 42. He's, he's going to cause the gospel to go to the ends of the earth. I want to give you a few more. Uh, let's go Isaiah 56, 7. I'm used to going into churches that are a lot more verbal, and you guys are, like, soaking it all in, and nobody's responding, and I'm like, I oh, hope you guys are doing okay this morning. You're, you're awesome. Um, this is Isaiah 56-7. Uh, These I will bring to my holy mount and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations. Jesus, has pr- Jesus quoted Isaiah 56-7 multiple times it said my house Jesus's house will be a house of prayer for all the nations Jesus uh, his house is the church it's the body of Christ it's us we are called the house of prayer okay so house of prayer sometimes refers to certain ministries of prayer but the church is called to be the house of prayer the body of Christ the people of God are called to be a house of prayer you know the International House of Pancakes. You know it'd be weird if the International House of Pancakes did not sell pancakes. You know what I mean? Or if the pancakes were bad. You know if they didn't taste good, that would be that wouldn't make any sense. You know, and and, and you know International House of Pancakes, they I hop, You know the restaurant. They sell the, they sell things that aren't pancakes, right? They sell all kinds of food. So so it's not that they only sell pancakes, but if they're called the House of Pancakes, you know. They better have some good pancakes. And they've got all kinds of different pancakes, right? So, if the church is called a house of prayer, right, we need to pray. And right now, 2% of believers are praying out loud with other believers. 2%. So, we're not there yet, but Jesus says we're going to get there. This is what he's doing, and he's saying it's going to be all the nations. So... The house of prayer is going to be a house of prayer for all peoples, all the the nations, all those ethnic groups that are going to receive the gospel. They're also going to be praying, worshiping people. So the house of prayer people, the sing to the Lord a new song people, and the gospel of the kingdom people, and all these verses, that's the same people. It's all the nations. They're going to be singing, praying, proclaiming the good news of Jesus uh, all over the world. That's where this thing is headed. That's where the kingdom of God is headed and the gospel is headed. And I know sometimes we, it's so easy to, like, we, we have our own lives and we get in our own world and we're struggling and we have, you know, we're trying to just, you know, walk with Jesus and be obedient to Him. But for me, it's so helpful to realize there's something so much bigger going on. Yeah. I'm a part of this amazing move of God. I'm a part of something that's happening in my generation. And uh, right now, God, is, God has exploded across the earth with prayer. Prayer ministries, I mean, last I heard, there's like 20,000 groups that are praying 24-7 around the world right now. And, and that's never happened in, in 2,000 years of Christian history. And we're alive right now. You know, like, God is is moving us towards this, that, that His house would be a house of prayer uh, for all the nations. I'll give you a few more <laughs> if you're not convinced. Malachi one eleven. Mm, did somebody just say mm"? <laughs> Yeah, that tastes good. Malachi 11. For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles, or among the nations. In every place, incense shall be offered to my name in a pure offering. My name shall be great among the nations. In every place, in every place, I love that. This verse gives us permission to go anywhere and to pray and worship. And know that we are doing the will of God. <laughs> of course, I tell people just anywhere you want to go: go to the campus, go to the nations, go to a field somewhere, go to a house, go to a restaurant, go to a, a city. Anywhere you want to go, and offer up incense, which is prayer in the scriptures, or an offering, which is worship. So, a pure offering and incense; these are worship and prayer in every place. You're, there's going to be pure worship. And the insets of prayer and intercession, which God has promised the, that, that He is going to have glory in the nations as a global worship and prayer movement floods the nation, that we get to participate in that. Uh, so everywhere you go in your life, sing, pray, worship the Lord, invite His presence, uh, and we get to participate in this global movement. Okay. I think you guys are getting the picture here, right? The big picture of what's going on. Uh, Psalm twenty two three says that God is enthroned in the praises of His people. You guys know that verse. He's enthroned in the praises of His people. As we, what that means is that as we sing and as we worship the Lord and praise the Lord together, that God's presence comes, that His kingdom comes in a particular way among us, that we can experience His presence. Psalm one hundred says we enter His gates with thanksgiving and we enter. His courts with praise. So praise and worship is one of the primary ways, biblically, that we can experience the presence of God. And that he manifests his presence. And so my question to you is, if God is enthroned in praises, if he, if he manifests his presence and his power and his kingdom in the midst of worship, what happens when all the nations sing? What happens when we see Isaiah 42 manifest when, when the song begins to rise everywhere and God is enthroned in all these places and His kingdom begins to come and His power begins to come and His name begins to come all over the world, it's called revival. <laughs> it's called a global move of the Holy Spirit that's going to lead to a great harvest before the Lord returns. Uh, some pro- some have prophesied a billion-soul harvest is going to come. Um. Uh, Soon, and so I, I believe what we're going to see is we're going to see continue to see God raise up communities like this of worship, praying, presence oriented communities that are that are desiring to see revival and awakening, and these communities are uh, going to um, continue to push forward in worship and prayer, and on the heels of that, we're going to see uh, missions, we're going to see gospel, we're going to see evangelism. We're going to see the proclamation of who Jesus is. Uh, And as people come to know Jesus through the proclamation of the gospel, uh, their hearts are going to be open because we've been praying. And people are going to come to the Lord. And then those people are going to begin to worship. So John Piper says it like this. He says, worship is the fuel and the goal of missions. Worship is the fuel and the goal of missions. What does that mean? Well, It means that one day, we're not going to need to evangelize anymore, right? When Jesus returns, there's going to be no more evangelizing, no more missions, no more healing, right? All we're going to have is worship. That's our destiny, is to enjoy the Lord, be on the the new heavens and the new earth with Jesus and our brothers and our sisters, worshiping the Lord and stewarding the earth together forever. Like, that's where this thing's going, right? So, the end goal is worship. That's the goal of missions. Is God's desiring people that will worship him, that will love him, that will, that will know him, that will be with him. That's why he created us, is to is to be priests to him, to worship him and enjoy him forever. And so that's the if that's the end goal, then we we just need evangelism and missions in order to get to that goal. <laughs> Alright? So we need to to, here's how it works. We, we know Jesus. We're, we're, we're Christians in this room. I assume most of us are Christians. We know, we know the Lord. And so we have experienced His love, His goodness, His grace, His presence, His power. We go, Wow, Jesus, you're awesome, right? We're worshipers. We're those who praise. We're those who sing, you're God, you're amazing. And then what we do is we go out and say, Hey, you should come and experience His presence and His goodness and His glory. And so we share the gospel with them, so that then they can come and join us in the in the presence of God, in the fellowship of knowing Him, in in a relationship with the Lord. So worship is the fuel, right? Because we go out to share about Jesus because we we know Him <laughs> and we've experienced the joy of His presence, and the power of His love, and we see how beautiful and amazing He is, and. Of course we're going to talk about the things that we love, right? And the things that are amazing to us. And so it, it fuels us. The, the, our relationship with the Lord, that place of worship and prayer, knowing Him, fuels us to go. But then we go and, and we, we invite people to follow Jesus. Why? So that they can join us in worship, right? So worship is the fuel of missions and it's the goal of missions. And, and this is how God is going to complete his promises and fulfill all the the verses that we've just been uh, that we've just been reading about Um, I'll uh, I think this will be the last uh, scripture I want to pull up Romans 15 I'm going a little long please forgive me feel free to come grab the microphone but this this is the last scripture I'll share this morning um, if you can't tell, my whole goal this morning is just to get you guys to keep worshiping and praying <laughs> and maybe to do it a little bit more uh, than, than you already are and, uh, and, and to, to continue to engage. I want to strengthen you and encourage you uh, who, you know, what you're doing is so powerful and I hope that maybe this is just giving some context for that. So Romans 15, just to kind of highlight what I just said about worship as a fuel and goal of missions. Paul the apostle actually sum, summarizes his entire mission as an apostle, as arguably the first Christian missionary ever. He summarizes the goal of what he's wanting to do. You can hop down to like verse eight of Romans fifteen. Um, <laughs> probiotics. Um, <laughs> <I> oh <love that. laughs> We say, for I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. We just read a whole bunch of the promises, right? Isaiah, Malachi, a lot of the promises. And in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles, or among the nations, and sing your name. Keep going. And again it said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. You should keep scrolling down. Verse up. there we go. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let the people extol him. Paul summarizing the, the ultimate goal of his mission and his apostolic ministry as he's going to uh, these places that have never heard the gospel. He's saying the goal is that the Gentiles would sing. <laughs> that the nations would sing. Like that's what he said. Like, that's what this is all about—to fulfill the promises given that they would praise the Lord. This is the goal. In other words, worship is the goal of missions. That's what Paul, that's what Paul is saying here, and uh, and that's what uh, that's the that's the mission that God's given us as the people of God is to first and foremost to minister to the Lord, to to love Him, to worship Him, to seek Him with all of our heart, and then. From the place of his presence to take the good news of Jesus and then invite them in. <laughs> invite them into his back into his presence. I, you know, we do a lot with tents with a wake of the dawn. I like to think of it as a tent, you know. I, the tent is such a beautiful picture of what God's doing right now because a tent is open, right? And so what we find is as we go as we set up these tents, we worship in public places, and it can be a little awkward, right? Because we're like singing and dancing and shouting, and it's like people are watching, and people don't know what's going on, and you know, unbelievers are wandering in and out, and, and and is this a concert or what's happening? And so, but what happens is God begins to manifest His presence in these public places, and it makes it makes sharing the love of God and evangelizing so 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 much easier because people just kind of wander in. And, and and really what all we we're, are all we're saying is hey come join us <laughs> we're enjoying Jesus here's how you can enjoy Jesus with us you know we we love him here's how you can come come up it's like the tent is open you know it's like there's this invitation come on in come on in and it's like such a beautiful picture of what uh, what the invitation from Jesus is to to just come right into his presence and to know him so anyway i uh, i want to encourage you guys <laughs> to continue to pray, to continue to continue to pursue the Lord in His presence. Um, I think we're just going to respond this this morning. I'm going to pray pray that the Lord will just speak to you and uh, and lead you and just say, God, what what have you called me to do? Do um, you guys normally stand? Do you want to stand? But yeah, why don't you guys stand up? I know I've been talking for a little while.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll Some some time to just respond to the Lord this morning. So, uh, you guys are awesome. It's been been an honor to be here with you this morning. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your Word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. It's with us. We thank you that we have tasted and seen that you are good. We have seen your your presence. We have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We have known your grace and your power. This morning, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen this community with might by your spirit in Your inner man. Father, that you would strengthen the intercessors that you're raising out, out of this community. Lord, that you would strengthen uh, the house of prayer here. And I pray that you would uh, cause uh, this entire community to be a house of prayer. Lord, those who seek you, Lord, I pray that you would help us to know, God, how can we be a part in small little ways of, of the big thing that you're doing? These, these radical promises, Lord. Us weak little people, God, how can we say yes to you? And so Lord, we don't even always understand what that yes means, but we say, but we say yes. We still say yes, Lord. Whatever, whatever you have for us, Lord, we say yes to sing. We say yes to pray. Lord, if you'd have us to go, we will go. Lord, here we are. Send us. If you'd have us to 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 give, we'll give, Lord. Lead us. Holy Spirit. Speak to each of us uh, this morning about how to respond to your word and to your promises. In Jesus' name.